All right. Well, good morning. Everybody doing good? Man, what powerful songs this morning. Amen. Just, uh, just a great picture of uh, God's love. You know, we're sitting here, we pray, uh, we pray for the prodigals to come home. And I'll stand in the back, watch one walk through the door, and I'm sitting there going like, you know, God, you're so awesome. Uh, you see somebody who has been away and come home, and you go, you know, God, thank you for uh, just bringing people home. Yesterday, we gathered uh, in, in a couple of different places. We met at schools, and we prayed over the schools. And, and uh, man, we uh, just had an incredible time of prayer. And if, you're, if you love to pray, we would love for you to be a part of our prayer team and our prayer gathering. We do them once a month, and we'll go to the schools and pray. And had an opportunity to pray with teachers, had an opportunity just to pray over those kids and just pray over those teachers and administrators and just a really powerful time. Then we came back here, and we prayed over this room, and we prayed that God would bring you know, the prodigals home. We prayed that God would bring the lost here. And so that's what we do. I mean, we pray for that. And so to see people walk through the doors and you go, you know, God, that's, that's answered prayer. How cool is that, right? And so uh, if you love to pray, we would love for you to be a part of our, our prayer gatherings. And uh, let me tell you, God, God is, you know, he, he, he responds to prayer. And if we try to operate in our own strength, we'll always miss out on what God really wants to do because we're only getting a portion of it. We need God to show up and we need God to move. And so, uh, man, just continue to pray, you know, that our church would be that light and that we would seek him first in all things and that we would show his love. That's what we're talking about is love, right? Last week we talked about love. The, love is the greatest. And uh, it doesn't matter uh, what our gifts are and all these other things, man. You know, we've got to be willing to say, God, I want, I want to love people. And God has to give us a love for people. Uh, sometimes that, that is a supernatural love that, man, it, it has to come from God. So if you're joining us online, we're glad you're here, and I'm glad you guys are here. So let's dig in. We're going to look at the second one today. And uh, last week we talked about the love is the greatest. Today we're talking about the greatest commandment. And, uh, and Pastor Jeremiah said it a while ago whenever he said, hey, this is the greatest commandment, to love God with everything that's in us. And so we're going to unpack that today. But I, want us to, I don't want us to forget what we talked about last week whenever we talked about love is the greatest, because I think sometimes we can run past this, especially this week with Valentine's and everything. We kind of get focused on maybe the worldly version and we forget what Scripture says real easily. You know, there's oftentimes, you know, I, you know I've, I've prepared a lot of times for a lot of messages. And, and then you'll read a, a quote where it says, that, you know, that people forget like the majority of what you said within like a day. You're like, man, I put a lot of time into that message, doggone it. You know, and God wrote the Bible, you know, but yet we will often go, hey, it was a great message. And we don't even remember what it was on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, and sometimes, like some person came up yesterday, and the only thing they could remember was that Laurie's an Auburn fan, and I'm an Alabama fan. And I'm like, you didn't get anything outside of that message? And so what we have to do is we have to go, you know what? We need to remember what God's Word says and be reminded. And so even if you're, if you're a Scripture memory person, you know, the best way to memorize Scripture is to review, review, and review. In other words, you memorize it, and then you review that. You go back, and you hit it again and again. And so it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains. You know, we always talk about having you know, grain, the, the, just the size of a mustard seed, faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. And so Paul's addressing it. He said, but didn't love others. He said, I would be nothing. He said, that's, that's big, that's huge, but it's not the greatest. If I, give every, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even uh, sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It's, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. 
And so when we look at that passage there and we see that, we go, all right, is that who I am? And is that the love that I want to represent and I want to be and that I want to live out and I want to be reflected in my life? It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And so we can look at that. We, you know, we ask ourselves, do, do I love like that? Or is mine just emotional? Is mine just about, you know, hey, if things are going well? Or, you know, am I, is it only whenever, hey, the relationship's good? You know, otherwise, you know, we're at odds. You know, we hate each other. But we, the Bible says, man, we're to love each other. No matter what the situation, we're, we're just to love each other. And so it does not rejoice. Let's, so three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is clear. It's pointing, hey, that love is the foundation. Love is the reason that Jesus left heaven to come here. God loved us. He loved the world so much that he would send his only son, right? And so I don't want us to miss that. And so that's the reason I just kind of wanted to review that. So Paul said this, last, we talked about this last week. Paul says that love is more important than spiritual gifts, knowledge, faith, and generosity. He kind of addressed that. He said, hey, love is more important than all those. And then somebody really important said the same thing. So Jesus also said that love was the most important. He said it was to love God. Most important thing we could do is to love God. Most important thing we could do is to love God. Doesn't say your children. Doesn't say your wife or your husband. Doesn't say, you know, your football team. But Jesus said the most important thing you could do would be to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength because it will affect everything else. And it will impact every relationship and everything that you do. And so in Mark chapter 12 here, it says one of the teachers of the law came and heard them uh, debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. And so here's the thing. So the Sadducees and the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. They knew that he was a mover. He was making a difference. He was stirring things. He was changing things. He was challenging things. He was bringing the focus back to God where it should have been, not on religion, which is man's attempt to get to God. But hey, it's on God's plan, God's kingdom, God's will. And so Jesus is bringing it back. He's bringing the focus back. And so the Sadducees and the, and the religious leaders of the day, they were, you know, they were going, hey, you know what, man, he's kind of messing up our, our, our deal we got going on here, you know, and, and they didn't like it. And so they were pushing back. And some of them, you know, that's what they were raised in. That's what they believed, you know, and they just could not get their mind around the fact that God's son had left heaven to come here. Hard for them to grasp that. Hard, hard to believe that the Messiah had, had arrived. And so they were always trying to hit him with what they thought were trick questions. But God, who knows all things, there is no trick question, right? And so Jesus had been addressing him, and he had just kind of kind of rebuked a couple, kind of answered a couple, and kind of put these guys in their place. And then he, he addresses this one. So this guy comes to him, and he asks him, he says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Because everything they did was built on the law. They, they used the law to rule over people. That's religion. They used it to kind of control and manipulate people. And Jesus hated that about them. He said, man, I, I, he didn't like that. And he would call them out, you know. And so they, they wanted to kind of uh, trick him and kind of find some way to discredit him. He said, the most important one, answer Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And so Jesus answers it, and uh, he answers, he goes back to the Old Testament, to what we would call the Shema, and, uh, and the Jewish people call it the Shema, and the word Shema means to hear. 
And, and so the first, uh, first word in that thing is, is where that comes from, is the Hebrew word that begins the most important prayer in Judaism that is uh, the, the prayer that they pray every day. They pray this daily. And so here, let's, let's look at it. This is out of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. So the nation of Israel, this is a prayer they pray regular t- regularly throughout the day. It says here, and there's the Shema. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And so, it's, it, you know, they're, they're saying, hey, this is what we've got to impress them. We've got to put this on our children. We've got to teach them this. But this has got to be on our hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your homes of your houses and on your gates. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So J- Jesus went back and grabbed that out of the Shema. And so here's the thing is the nation of Israel was up, man, they were, they were really solid on their teaching. And, uh, and, that, and here, you know, this is something they prayed every day. And I would say there's probably something good for us to go back and look at that and say, hey, listen, how do we apply that truth? Moms and dads, do you talk about God's word and do you impress them on your children? Or do you say, hey, you know, I'm going to leave that to Pastor Nate to take care of when, on Sunday mornings, or I'm going to leave that to, you know, somebody else to handle that. And oftentimes I would hear parents, you know, say, you know, growing up, say, well, you know, I want my kid to make their own decision for Christ. And I'm like, man, I get that. But you ought to do everything you can to impress them, press those things on, God, on their heart, you know, the things of God, the Word of God. You don't sit there and say, hey, listen, it has to be their personal decision and not try to influence them. You should try to influence them. We all should, Right. I mean, our job is to, you know, to do everything we can to encourage and to persuade people to put their faith in Christ. And so here we see, you know, the, the, the Shema is saying, hey, listen, man, impress them on your children. Teach them. You know, whenever you're walking along the road, man, talk about the things of God. And often what we do is we talk about the things of the world, not the things of God. We talk about football and basketball and baseball, which are games, you know, and they're games that are fun. They're games that can take, give you a great platform. But oftentimes that becomes prevalent in our lives as parents and all we can talk about is them hey getting to practice or them playing a game or them doing or whatever or dancing or whatever it might be and we should be talking about the things of God we should be impressing them on our children but here's the thing they got to be on our heart first they've got to be on our heart first or really it's just talk right we've got to live that out in front of our kids that our kids see that we love God that we want a relationship with him and that it's about a relationship it's not about religion It's not about rituals and routines. It's about having a relationship with God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He did on the cross. And so the more that we live that out, the more that we are a witness, the more that we are an influence in our children's lives, and hopefully, prayerfully, they see Jesus in us. They don't just see us live one way on Sunday, and then we live like hell through the week, and then we just kind of throw Jesus in every once in a while, and we want to bring it up, and they're like, well, you don't believe it, so why should I believe it? You don't follow Him, so why should I follow Him, right? But the Shema said, hey, listen, man, this is what you guys ought to do. And then here's saying, press it on your, on your kids' hearts. And then Jesus said, hey, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. He said, hey, listen, that's the greatest commandment. So let's, let's kind of unpack these. Loving God with all your heart. So a lot of us, you know, would say, well, loving Him with all of my heart is my, you know, it's the emotional side of things. And it can be. It's a part of it. But it's loving, your, loving God with all of your heart. So look, I think we have to go back to the passage that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And for whatever reason, God won't let me get away from this. We need to know the condition of our heart. And we need to ask God to reveal the condition of our heart. And so I think it goes back to David's prayer. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me 
that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So before I can love him with all of my heart, I've got to make sure that he's got all of my heart. That I'm not holding back a section. I'm not holding back an area. I'm not kind of saying, well, I'm going to hide this. Nobody knows about it. God knows everything in your heart. God knows every thought that you've had. He, he knows your, your thoughts before you ever think them. He knows the words before they ever form on your tongue is what Scripture says, right? So he knows everything about you. So if we think that we're hiding something from God, and here's the thing, maybe we're holding on to something. And maybe we're holding on to that because we love that more than we love God, then we can't love him with all of our heart. So we've got to be willing to say, God, I want you to search my heart. I want you to, to literally reveal or illuminate any area of my life that offends you or, or, or breaks your word or breaks your law or breaks your teaching. And, and so I want to line it with who you are. And so I think this is where we start. We say, God, search me. God, search my heart and show me if there's anything that I'm holding back. Because if I'm going to love you with all of my heart, it needs to be a healthy heart. It needs to be a whole heart. It needs to be all that we've got. I love the statement here. It says, without the cleansing of sin that Jesus provides and the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, who lives in the hearts of the redeemed, loving God to any degree is impossible. Now, I don't know if you can kind of get your mind around that, but here's the thing is we often grow up and we think as little kids, hey, we really love God, but we can't really love God with our whole heart. Even as a child, we are, we're born into this flesh, right? And we will battle the flesh. And you don't have to teach a child to be bad. You don't have to teach a child to be greedy. You don't have to teach a child to be jealous. You don't have to teach a child any of that. It's the flesh, right? It's this natural thing that hangs on them. And so what we need is we need something that is supernatural that allows us to not only love God, but whenever we have our hearts right and we love God because of the power of, of the Spirit at work in us, we're able to love the people around us. There's a lot of us that, man, we don't really love people because we don't really love God. But if we love God, then we love His kingdom and we love His people. We love His children, right? But if you really love Him, then all of a sudden you begin to love people differently and you see them differently. But it goes back, we need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit at work in us to convict us and to really to illuminate and reveal those areas that we're holding back. And maybe, maybe it's racism, or maybe it's, I don't know what it might be. Maybe there's something that you're holding on to. That you go, man, I just can't let that go. It's instilled in me. I was raised that way. Maybe you were raised wrong. And you say, God, I want to be raised according to your word. I want to be raised according to your teaching. And so God, search me. And, and may, maybe it's uh, this self-control. You want to be in control. You don't want to let everything go and let God have it because you can't trust him. Well, if you can't trust him, you can't love him with all of your heart, right? You've got to be willing to say, God, I want you to search my heart. And if I'm holding on to things, if I'm controlling things, God, let me let go. Help me to let go. Help me to release it completely to you and trust you. We've got to be willing to trust him. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Let me ask you, has God ever done heart surgery on you to the point of where he's taken that hard, stony heart that is bitter and angry and Man hates the world and hates people, and man is just hoping that God maybe could change things, and maybe there's just a little bit of hope there. But have you said, God, you know, here is my heart. God, I want you to, re I want you to change this one out. This one's broken. This one's messed up. Maybe it's from your childhood. Maybe it's from, you know, the, the, the environment you were raised in. Maybe it's because of decisions that you made. Maybe it's because you were chasing after the world, and you've done all these things, and you can't forgive yourself. And God says, I can forgive you. I can wash you clean. I can make you as white as snow. And I'll literally take that hard, stubborn heart out and I'll give you a tender, responsive heart that's tender to the, to the Lord, that loves the Lord. Man, it's tender towards people and that loves people. Only God can do that. 
And, but Ezekiel tells us that, man, that's, that's the promise to us. All your heart means loving God at all times. I mean, that means loving Him at all times. You know, we're going through some tough seasons as a nation. You know, there's a lot of media, you know, attention that's put on everything that comes out, and it always seems to be bent towards the negative, and it's always kind of causing division. You know, it's either one party against another, and there's all this attention that is pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. What we should be giving our attention to is, God, what do you say? God, what does your word say? God, what are, what are your promises? And God, are you here in the middle of this? And, and so all your heart means loving God at all times. And I think this is important for all of us is even when God is silent. There may be some of you in the room or maybe some that are watching online that you've been praying a prayer. Maybe you've been praying for a child that's caught up in an addiction. You've been praying for years. You're praying over and over and over. And you're going, God, you know, where are you? God, what are you doing? And, and we can't get to the point where God, I just don't trust you anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't think you hear me anymore. And so we lose our love for God, but we got to love him even when he's silent. Cause we got to know, we got to know that, you know, his word. And if we know his word, we know his promises. And here's the thing, we know his heart. We know that he's passionate about us. And sometimes his timing is not our timing. And maybe there's other things you've been praying for. Maybe you've been praying for someone that's been battling cancer. Somebody has been, you know, battling some kind of other physical issue. And you go, you know, God, why have you not answered that? And we got to go, God, you know, I don't, I don't always understand, but God, I trust you. And by loving him, we surrender everything. So God, I trust you. Your timing is what matters most. And so even when God is silent, maybe he doesn't answer the way that we want it to. We got to say, God, do I really love you with all of my heart? Even when things don't go the way that I want, or you don't answer. Here's another one. Even when God says, wait or no, there are times that we see something, we want to move on that. And God says, Hey, wait. And we go, what God, this is, this is what I've been praying for. And he goes, that's not the best. That's not what I want for you. This ha- I think this happens a lot in dating situations. Hey, there's one that, hey, maybe that's the one. That's the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And God's saying, hey, listen, wait. But you go, well, hey, we've been dating for so long. You know, it's almost like expected. And all of a sudden, we kind of put ourselves in a pattern that's pushing towards really not what, what is God's will. And we don't know how to get out of it because you don't want to hurt the person because you do care about them. But here's the thing. You've got into a pattern that you go, this is not God's plan. This is not God's will. And we're afraid to break it off because of what other people might think rather than what God says. And I think we've got to be able to say, God, even when God says wait or no, what if he says no? And you go, God, I just think this is, you got to say, God, I trust you. My heart loves you even when things don't go the way I want them to, even when bad things happen. And there are plenty of bad things that will happen and it's not going to stop anytime soon. In this world, we're in a broken, fallen world and bad things will happen. You know, I mean, it's just part of it, but we got to go, God, I love you no matter what's going on around me. The storms are going to blow in. The storms are going to hit our boat. The storms are going to almost sink us, but God, I love you. And so that's when we have to ask ourselves, do I love him with all of my heart? Do I really love him with all of my heart? Or only when things are good or only when things are going my way, only whenever I feel blessed, you know, only whenever things are the way that I want them to be, not whenever they're the way that God wants them to be. And so we got to be willing to ask, do I really love God with all of my heart? And then loving God with all of your soul. I love this. We talk about we want God to save our soul. It is, it is to believe that God not only exists, but he loves you enough to send his only son to die and to free you from your sins. If you're going to love him with a soul, you got to be willing to say, God, I release me to you. I release everything that I am. Our soul is the very core of who we are, right? And we go, God, you know, I'm asking you to save my soul. I want my soul to be in your hands. I trust you. That's, that's surrender. It's going, God, I give you everything. 
And, and so we, we will talk about this oftentimes. We will trust God to redeem us. We'll trust God to save us, to save our soul. But we won't trust him with our finances. And we won't trust him with our children. And we won't trust him with our career. And we won't trust him with anything other than we'll say, hey, man, I'm saved. And so maybe, you know, we say, hey, well, I, I, I love him with all of my soul because I, I have asked him to come into my life and I have surrendered my life to him. And man, I have been saved. So therefore, I know that I'm good, but I don't trust him in any of the other areas. But I believe that if we trust him to save us, it comes through surrender. When we say, God, I give up all rights and you are Lord, you are the leader, you are the boss, not me. And I surrender everything to you. And so whenever we relinquish that, it's a decision. And I think that's what we need to understand. It is, a, it is a love born out of a decision and a choice to surrender all. Not hang on to it, not little pieces, not little parts. You know, but it's saying, hey, listen, I, I give all. I surrender all. This little girl had a, had a broken uh, doll, and she took it to this uh, doll shop with her mom and dad. And anyway, they took it in, and the guy said, he goes, yeah, I can fix that. And, uh, and she's just kind of standing there. He goes, but you're going to have to leave it here. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to leave it here. And he said, the only way I can fix it, I can't get to it today. The only way I can fix it is it's got to stay here. And I think we're that way sometimes. We go, hey, God, I want you to fix it. But God, I'm not willing to leave it with you. I'm not willing to let you handle it. I'm not willing to let you have it. We, we keep hanging on to it. You know, one of the things that we prayed yesterday, and we had quite a few people in the room praying, praying over every chair in this room, praying over this building, praying over, you know, every one of you guys. And you just don't know it, but they were praying for you. But one of the things that we feel like that often happens is that the enemy talks you into taking the doll back with you. That there are some of you that walk through the door, and as you're sitting there, you feel the Holy Spirit dealing with you about something. And that you, for whatever reason, you listen to the enemy more than you listen to the Holy Spirit who is saying, hey, listen, I want you to walk down and lay that on an altar. I want you to walk back to the VIP. I want you to go pray with somebody. I want you to let them pray over you. I, I want you to let this go. And what we do is we, we get here, and maybe we feel the Holy Spirit dealing with us about that. And then all of a sudden, we start hearing the, the enemy go, if you walk down there, everybody's going to think something's wrong with your marriage. If you walk down there, everybody's going to think something's wrong with you. If you walk down there, everybody's going to think that maybe you've committed sin. You have. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how that works. And you're going, you know, God, you're convicting me of it. God, I trust you to work in this. And God, I want to leave it there. And so what we do is we walk in with issues. We walk in with hurt. We walk in with problems that we can't deal with, but yet we walk back out with them again. And so one of the things that we pray for, we literally prayed over these altars and we prayed over that VIP room and we asked God, God, find these people and God, draw them in and give them freedom. But you have to trust him. You have to trust him. You got to be willing to say, God, I, I trust you. And that's obedience, right? It's stepping in that direction. So it's a choice. And to, to surrender all. So it's loving him with our soul and then loving him with all of our mind. God's word gives us plenty on this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your what? Your own understanding. There's so many things that I see happen that I go, you know, I, that don't make sense. But God, you know, it's, it's, it's your church. It's your kingdom. It's your world. God, I trust you. And so there are things that we pray that, you know what, I'm praying that they don't make sense. I'm praying for people to be healed that the doctors go, man, I don't know what to tell you, but this is a miracle. I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. And so I'm praying for not my understanding or some doctor's understanding, but I'm praying for the great physician to do what only the great physician can do, right? And we're praying for healing. And so we've got to say, God, I'll, I don't want to trust in my thinking. I want to trust in what you do. So don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. 
So we got to seek God. God, I want to know your will. I want to know your plan. I want to know what you say. And so we've got to be willing to seek him. So it changes the way we think. Romans 12 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Man, if we just look back at what Jesus has done, all that God has blessed us with to say, God, I give you my body. That means give him everything, right? That means to love him with everything that I've got. I want to give him my body. I want to give him everything. Let them be a, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Man, if you really want to worship God, it's to be a living sacrifice no matter where you go. It's not just in church on Sunday singing a few songs. But it's literally wherever you go, man, you're a living sacrifice. You're for him. And, and man, you want people to know that, you know what, he lives in you. And you want to let them know what he can do in them. And you want to talk to them. And you want to tell them. And you want to share with them. And they, they're able to see it on you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they see the light inside of you. And we become a, 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 a literally a vessel that worships him. Verse 2 here, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's, God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so if you want to know what God's will is, and I have people always asking, hey, man, I just want to know what God's will is. He tells us right there, right? Let him change the way that we think. And so we've got to go, God, I need you to change the way I think. And maybe the way that you change the way you think is you change the input. Maybe this week, if you were to say, you know what, I'm going to change the input. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up watching the news for a week. I'm going to give up watching the news for a week, and I'm going to read the Bible whenever I normally would watch the news. And I know for some of you junkies, that's going to be hard. You know, I mean, some of you guys are news junkies, and you feel like you can't breathe unless you have watched the news. I'm just telling you, there's better things out there. And so maybe you say, hey, for a week, you know, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm going to read God's Word every time that I want to watch the news or I want to turn the TV on. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm not watching TV for a week. I'm going to turn off the inputs. And I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to listen to worship music or I'm going to go exercise or I'm going to do something different all week long every time that I normally would watch the news or maybe I watch TV. Maybe you say, you know what, instead of watching, doing social media, you know, what you say is, hey, listen, every time, and you're going to find out how really hooked you really are. Say, hey, every time that I want to do social media, I'm going to end up spending that time in prayer or I'm going to spend that time reading God's word. Or I'm going to spend that time sharing the gospel with someone or I'm going to call someone and talk to them about what God is doing in my life. What if we did that for a week? I'm telling you, it would change the way you think, right? Because what we're doing is we're inundated with these thoughts. We're inundated with these things. And what we do is we keep pouring it in. We go, man, I just want to think differently. Well, you can't because you, keep, you don't put God's word in your mind. You're putting this garbage in. We got to be willing to say, God, let me try something for a week. And some of you guys will see, man, a day is going to seem like forever to you because you're hooked on something. And maybe if all of a sudden you begin to go, you know what, I, I need... I need real food. I need, I need the Word of God. I need to be in His presence. I need to be in worship. I need to be sharing. I need to be serving. Instead of watching TV, maybe hey, you go bake a cake for somebody. You take it to them. Or maybe you walk around and you know, on trash day, you take all your neighbor's garbage cans back up for them. And instead of watching some kind of garbage, you just take care of the garbage. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just do something like that. But we've got to be willing to change the way we think. And then here's the other one, loving God with all of your strength. And I, I love the statement. It means with all of our energy, with every faculty, with every possibility of our, our, our nature, and with every ounce of our fiber. Now, to me, that's with everything I've got in me, right? I mean, that's with everything I've got in me. Instead of laying on the couch and watching TV, I say, you know what? I'm going to love God with the energy he's given me. There's nothing wrong with chilling out every once in a while. I get that. I mean, Jesus modeled rest. 
He modeled taking time to rest. But I think it's important for us to love God with everything that's in us, every ounce of our fiber. I mean, read that again. It says, means with all of our energy, with all of our energy, with every faculty, with every possibility of our nature, with every ounce of our fiber, man, we are to love God. And we get excited about our love for Him, and our love for Him is evident to the people around us. It shows on our face, right? It shows in our actions. It shows in our words. It shows in our eyes. It shows all over, man. It, people begin to see it. And here's the thing. We're moved to action because of His love for us. We become living sacrifices. They're outdoing the will of God, seeking the will of God, which is good, pleasing, and perfect, right? Jesus is our greatest example of what loving God looks like. Jesus loved the Father, right? He said, my will is to do the will of the Father. Man, everywhere he went, whatever he did, it was as the, as the Lord led him. He spent time in prayer daily. The disciples saw that, man, hey, that's where the power comes from. Jesus, will you teach us to pray? Jesus, will you teach us to pray the way that you pray? We just unpacked that a few weeks ago. And so here's the thing. It was evident that Jesus loved the Father. He loved the kingdom. He loved to be in the center of God's plan. He was flesh. He was fully God, but fully man. But here's the thing. He understood our flesh, and he stayed focused on the kingdom. Father, not my will, but your will be done. He was willing to go to the cross because he trusted the Father. We have got to be willing to do whatever God says because we trust him and we love him. And so I love that picture that we see in Jesus. So here's some next steps for us today. Love God enough to trust him and surrender everything to him. So there may be some of you watching online or some of you here in the room that you go, man, I trust him in some areas, kind of like salvation, you know, with my soul. But I don't trust him with finances. I don't trust him enough to tithe. I don't trust him enough to share my testimony because, you know, that makes me nervous. And that's about me, not about the message, right? It's about me. And so I, I don't trust him enough to use me. I don't trust him enough to use my spiritual gifts because there's other people at the church that are better at it than I am, so I don't trust him to use me to make a difference. I don't trust him enough to give up TV or the news or social media or any of these inputs that are robbing me of what he wants to say to me. So maybe we don't trust him enough to surrender everything. And then here's the last one. Follow the example of Jesus by loving God with all of me. With everything that I am. And so here's the thing. It's a decision that we make, right? It's what we said earlier. It's a decision. And it's a daily decision. It's a daily surrender. It's a daily, God, I want you to work in me. And I want to love you with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my strength, all of my soul, everything that's in me. I want to love you. And I'm just telling you, when you, love, when you love God like that, it is evident to the people around you. And you become a light in a very dark world that needs to, to see the light of Christ. But here's the other thing. You live and you live out the abundant life that Jesus spoke about. And if you're not experiencing the abundant life, maybe you just need to say, God, I want to love you with everything that's in me. I want to follow the greatest commandment. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And you ask God, God, do I love you like that? And you know if you do or not. As we've been moving through this text, I promise you, the Holy Spirit's already been revealing to you whether you do or not. And you know what's most important to you. I don't have to tell you. 
God's Holy Spirit has already revealed that to many of you. And so the question is, is, do you love God enough to let some things go that are getting in the way of your love for Him? Do you love God enough to share His hope with someone who has not ever heard the message of the gospel? Do you love God enough to serve your neighbor even though it's out of your comfort zone? Do you love God enough to let someone go that you know is not who you need to be with? Do you love God enough to trust Him with everything? Do you truly surrender everything to Him? Do you love Him enough to walk an aisle and lay it down? Do you love Him enough to go ask someone to pray over you? Do you love Him enough to be obedient? I think there's a lot of people in this room that really love God. They just don't love Him with everything that's in them. I think there's a lot of people in this room, a lot of people watching online that believe that God loves them. They're not willing to love God with everything that's in them. So what will you do? How, you, how will you respond? Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online. You've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You've never surrendered your heart to Him. You've never allowed Him to step into you and to change you, to give you a new heart, to give you a new name, to save your soul, to redeem you, to adopt you into His family as one of His children. It's only done by faith in what Christ did on the cross, faith in what Christ did through the power of the resurrection, and just faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in who Jesus is and we surrender our life to Him, the Father says, you get it all. He gives us everything. We confess our sins to Him, we repent of those sins, and He gives us eternal life. What a great exchange. So right where you are, maybe that's you. You go, how do I receive that? It's by faith. So right where you are, you say, Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to come into my life. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to take over everything. I surrender all. I give it to you. I give you my life. I want you to be the leader. I want you to be the boss. I want you to be in control, not me. I give you everything. And so Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to save my soul. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. I repent. So Jesus, here I am. I'm yours. If you just prayed that prayer, man, we would love to know. You can fill out a card and you can take it to one of the connection points. You can drop it in the offering basket. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. That all of heaven is having a party if just one calls on his name to be saved. And so if you do that, man, we want to party with heaven, right? We want to be a part of that. And so if you just prayed that prayer, if, you, if you're here in the room, if you would, just raise your hand so that I can see your hand. I see a hand back there. I see a hand over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Those of you that raised your hand, welcome to the family of God. Welcome home. Welcome home. Your answered prayer. There's a lot of other people in this room that are believers. Do you love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Is He showing you something you need to deal with today? Do you trust Him enough to be obedient? I want to ask everybody across the room to stand. 
you respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a song. Father, we, we love you. And God, we trust you. And I pray that we would love you with all of our heart. God, move in this place. Let your Holy Spirit just convict and bring us to truth. In Jesus' name, amen.